When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to The Paddock and the Pavilion with Stephen Wallace. In each show, Stephen will interview someone connected to the world of horse racing or cricket. Hello everyone, back on the show today, I'm joined by Georgie Heath, sporting journalist, to talk about the Women's World Cup with a guest appearance from the Brazilian women's cricket captain, Roberta Moretti Avery. Welcome back to The Paddock and the Pavilion, Georgie. Hello, thank you for having me again. Well, are the dogs going to be quiet today? I doubt it. I mean, I've only got one here today, so I might be all right. And how tired are you? I mean, I think tired is kind of a state of mind these days. It's just sort of a generic. If you set the bar quite low for awakeness, then you always seem more awake than you feel, you know? So I set the bar for feeling really tired all the time. And then when I don't feel quite as tired as I assume I'm going to, then it's happy days. I'm winning. Oh, you've lost me there. But um, when we last spoke, you weren't working uh, for the Telegraph or writing for the Telegraph and also working for TalkSport during the competition. Yeah, um, that was quite cool. It just sort of all happened in in the space of about 24 hours. I came back from doing some lacrosse stuff in Portugal and it was like, oh, can you do this, this and this? And I was like, yeah, sure, cool. Said yes to everything. Haven't slept since. Let's hear how the other member of the Wide Awake Club got on watching the World Cup down in Brazil, uh, the matches were the matches were happening either at seven pm, starting at seven pm, or starting at ten pm here in Brazil. So the seven pms were easy. I would definitely watch the first innings of the match and then the first balls of the second innings. But I wouldn't guarantee to be watched everything because it was very tough. My training sessions are in the morning and afternoon, so uh, if I watch the whole game, something else would be compromised. And the ten o'clock are tough. But I would get up every day in the morning, uh, connect to the um, to the games and watch the last hour, uh, check the scorecards and see where, what were the best times and uh, watch some of it in the morning. So it was tough. A lot of sleepless nights and a lot of very late nights and very early mornings. But come on, what a World Cup. It was great to see the matches were amazing. So uh, definitely worth the effort. And talking off air, you said that your husband spotted that you'd fallen asleep at some point yes i did believe that i had watched the whole final uh it started at 10 o'clock so i was i went to sleep like past 5 5 a.m uh and i thought i had watched the whole game uh but talking to my husband the next morning he said that he woke up around 2 a.m and i was sleeping so i guess i slept through some overs for example i didn't see Kate crossed this missile. So I guess that was one of the overs that I was <laughs> sleeping, but I did see after that. So I guess some of my eye closing took a little bit lower, a little bit more than a few seconds and maybe a few minutes. And was Jimmy Anderson watching with you? He was. He was pretty much every game he was there because uh he sleeps in the middle, in the right in the middle of me and my husband. And the final was funny because in the final he slept 
face in the TV. So I guess he was connected to that one. He really wanted to see, he, he was supporting England quite badly. What's your overall thoughts then of the uh, 2022 Women's World Cup? Yeah, I think it was, um, as tournaments go, like it had a pretty weird build up, you know, delays, this, that, and the other quarantines, COVID, masks, testing, people testing positive. But I think it was one of the best displays of women's cricket we've ever seen. It was just amazing. You got, it got, you could see it had so many people talking about it. There were nail biters left, right, and centre. It started with the first game, really, didn't it? West Indies, New Zealand. That went down to the wire. And then from there on, it was pretty much every game was nail biter. So, yeah, it was pretty good. I mean, as an English fan, it was quite stressful. At the beginning, when we lost three on the trot, um, note my use of trot there for paddocks and pod and cricket. Clever, um, God, you can tell I'm I'm sleep deprived. Um, but yeah, so that was quite stressful as an English fan at first. But then it sort of made it more exciting because it was kind of knockout cricket every time we played. And then they stepped up and made it to the final, which was very much you know, what we kind of expected and hoped because uh, Australia are just in a class above everyone else at the moment. And so beating them in the final was going to take some doing. Yeah, on that on that point, was it inevitable at the start that Australia were always going to get to the final? I mean, it would have been a real story if they hadn't, to be honest, because they are just far and away the best team in the world. So... It would have been an odd one if they didn't make it. Something seriously ridiculous would have had to happen. I think they've won 40 of the last 42 one-day internationals. Yeah. I think they've lost two since the beginning of 2018. So they're, they're a bit they're a bit ahead of everyone else. And who do you think were their standout players in the tournament? I mean, you can't ignore the role that Alyssa Healy played, but also Rachel Haynes. Like, to be able to anchor an innings like that is pretty damn good if you ask me and but the thing is it's one of those they're one of those sides that you can just keep naming people you know you've got your Beth Mooney's Alana King Meg Lanning you know just I they just keep coming and coming and coming Elise Perry you know even when she was injured they just had everyone to step up so it's one of those things they they could move their batting order around just because they wanted some quick runs scored faster they could you know they just had it all they can do no wrong really so I think it must be quite a nice problem to have that they've just got too many good players so I think it's quite nice it's just basically the entire side knew exactly what they wanted to do and delivered on every front really they never really faltered throughout the tournament there was a little bit of a wobble against the West Indies the West Indies suddenly came out took those wickets quickly everyone was like um sorry what's going on here and then they were like no cool we'll just recover now here we go yeah, you mentioned someone uh, in your sort of roundup there, Alana King, uh, especially after the tragic uh, death of uh, Shane Warne. She was a standout player for them. Yeah, she really was. I think she's been a great discovery. She was amazing in the Women's Big Bash this year as Perth Scorchers went to victory um, over the English winter, Australian summer. She's been a great find for Australia and she's, I mean, what a few months she's had. She made her debut in all the formats um, and then won the World Cup and won the Ashes. So you'd take that as um, the first few months in international cricket. And obviously she's now coming to join the Trent Rockets alongside Meg Lanning. And then you've also got Nat Siver there and Catherine Brunt. So not a bad side, if you ask me. 
certainly certainly right there. Uh, was it a World Cup where we've seen more strength in depth than ever before? Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, people can talk about England and what we need to change and what's going on there. But like you've got sides like Pakistan won their first game since what 2009, their first World Cup game. And that's a really long time. Um, and then you've got Bangladesh making their debut, getting the win. You've got New Zealand doing their thing. And it was just the West Indies rocked up on some days were absolutely incredible. Other days, maybe not. But it sort of you had lots of youngsters coming through. It's one of those tournaments that's, yeah, really nice, actually, to see so many young people coming through. But then at the same time, you've got your stalwarts of the English game, the women's game, the global game still performing at the top as well. So it's, yeah, I think as games go, and then you saw some of the catches, some of those catches are absolute screamers throughout the entire tournament. So there was just so much good cricket on display that was just amazing. Yeah, talking about the catching, there was there was so many brilliant catches and and the fielding really stood out, I thought, during the tournament. Yeah, I mean, early on in the tournament, that's where England really fell down. Their fielding was poor. Uh, dropping Laura Walvart so many times, that's unforgettable, really. Um, as she went on to score 77 in that game. But yeah, some of the ca- the catches that were taken were absolute screamers, like DeAndre Dotton just flying. Heather Knight took a screamer. Ash Gardner. Basically, there's just so many of them, you almost can't really count it. It was quite hard. I had a little vote on the BBC. You know, they had a who did the best catch of the tournament kind of thing. And I was like, I actually don't know which one I want to vote for. My heart was like, just go for Heather Knight because she's English. But then... There were just some incredible ones, and I liked seeing all the memes they got made into and gifts and stuff. They were quite fun. And you mentioned fielding there from England's point of view. When we lost our first three games against Australia, West Indies, and South Africa, some of that was down to our poor fielding. Yeah, and we've said it before, and we'll say it again: catches win matches, and you can't afford to be dropping world-class players like Laura Wolvart three times and we saw it against us as well you know Danny Wyatt got dropped five times on the way to her 100 in the semi-finals so yeah it's the kind of thing and I hate that people are like oh girls can't catch because they can and I think some of the fielding I was like oh please let's not go back to this we've come so far in the women's game let's not lose it just because of something so trivial like not being able to catch or not fielding probably on misfields but some of it was just amazing you're like this is what we want to see this is the advancement of the women's game you can't afford to be unfit not be able to take catches not be able to run around the field you know day after day and you've got a few days between games like you've got to be able to recover quickly and I think it's a testament to how far the game has come the work behind the scenes the fitness the fielding to put on that kind of display in that tournament was real testament to how far the women's game has come. And talking of England's, those first three losses, uh, we did run Australia relatively close. They lost by 12 runs in that first game with Nat Siver scoring a century. Yeah, I know. Poor old Nat Siver. Two centuries on the side of two losses to Australia. It's a bit of a shame, really, isn't it? But, um, yeah, that was one of those. We weren't performing at our best in that game. So I was like, you know what? We've pushed them. We're only 12 runs off first game. We've just come off the back of an unsuccessful Ashes. You would have thought maybe it would be some scar tissue there from that. But England really rallied in that one. There were drop catches. There were things to work on. And it was a shame that we came off on the wrong side of that one. But I guess in the end, it didn't matter. We still made it to the final. And actually, once you get to the final, that's all that matters. It doesn't matter what happened earlier on in the tournament. 
um, unless you're trying to, you know, build some momentum. When we had momentum going into that final, obviously on the back of five wins because we lost the first three. So you would have thought we were in the best possible position we could have been. But Australia came out, they did what they do best and they were just, they were phenomenal. Lots of people waking up on that Sunday morning, but oh my God, Australia have scored so many runs. How has this happened? But it was just them in on a complete level of their own, like Alyssa Healy, just absolutely having a ball, loving life. She's so good. Rachel Haynes, can't forget that. I mean, she didn't get the 100, but she was right there at the beginning. And if you can set the foundations of an innings in that kind of way, then you're, you're away flying on a fast camel, aren't you? Yeah, just going back just a bit, how, how well do you think England did to win those five sort of, we were playing sort of quarterfinals for five matches and to win five games in a row? Yeah, I think it was um, it was a determined bunch of players that went out there to do those. They knew they hadn't performed how they should have done, um, maybe wanted to do in the first three games. Everyone, You want to go to a tournament and win every game. That's just how it is. You always want to win a game. And so I think coming off the back of those first three, they were quite disappointed. Some of them admitted they thought they were down and out and that was it. They were out the tournament. They wouldn't make the semifinals. But I think once they realised that they could make it and they just had to put in the win in every game pretty much at that point, I think that's a sign of the mental strength of that side because you could have so easily just been like, right, we're down and out. Oh, you know, here we go. We'll just plod through the, go through the motions and then we'll all go home. We've had a very long time away from home. We're really tired. So I think they did really well to fight back the way they did. And that game against India, they absolutely smashed it, didn't they? So it was nice to see Catherine Brunt and Anna Shrubs all back in the wickets again as well. Yeah, who would you say are the positives for England in leading up to the final? I mean, you can't ignore Sophie Eccleston's score, but she didn't form against the Aussies early on and it wasn't her best in the final, but she was great other than that. Obviously, Danny Wyatt going up the order, it was a bit of hit and miss, but... The hits were great. The misses, that just happens. And I think you just have to let Danny swing. That's just how she wants to play. That's her way of playing. You can't ignore Charlie Dean. She's a great reflection of how far the domestic game has come in this country as well. Obviously playing at the Vipers and then playing in the 100. She might not have been given this opportunity without those. So that's quite nice to see that that foundation is bringing through those young players. Sophia Dunkley, I think, is my... England stand out because she was just so fab. She sort of anchored the innings quite a few times, always playing with a smile on her face, always looking for that second run, running around the outfield. She's so quick as well. And I think she's just a real find for England and she's only going to get better and better. And I've said it before, I think, you know, potential future England captain in Sophia Dunkley. She's got that right attitude. And so many of those players you just mentioned are very young as well. Yeah, I think that's what's so good as well. And I think that's another sign of the domestic format. That there is that chance for so many players to come through and get to play lots and lots of cricket and hone their skills. And then as we look for the next World Cup cycle, potentially there'll be retirements, you would have thought, maybe, who knows yet. But they're already there, got that experience stepping up. You know, you've still got your Tash Farrants, your Emma Lambs, You've got Lauren Bell, Izzy Wong potentially coming up through. There's lots of them sort of ready to step up, which is really nice to have that foundation. And you just think maybe as we look to the future, do we, you know, just bring in those young players as soon as possible, potentially for Commonwealth Games, or do we do Commonwealth Games and then think, right, what's the next World Cup cycle look like? 
Yeah, the, the next World Cup's in three years' time. Where is it being played? It hasn't been announced yet. That's why I couldn't find the venue when I was doing some research. Yeah, and then the, 2029, they're increasing it to 10 teams. And what did Roberta think of the 2022 Women's World Cup? I, I think the tournament was amazing. It was a great display of women's cricket. The games were, had such close finishes. The way that uh, South Africa came fighting and bowling and playing, it was amazing. Uh, the way West Indies were able to hang on and uh, be qualified for the semifinals were actually was actually surprising to me. I didn't think I didn't put them in my 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 four teams to finish the the World Cup. But I thought that the, the level of cricket was very good. From every nation, you could see them fighting, and that, that was that really meant a lot for them. And it, it meant a lot for us as well, supporters from this side of the world. It was a great World Cup, World Cup to watch. And did you expect Australia to win the tournament? Uh, I, I did think Australia was very good. What a team. It's, it's, I was talking about the final. Uh, we had Lee Perry, the best all-rounder at the time, uh, in the rankings, coming in to bat 10 balls <laughs> in the end. It, it's such a strong, good team that they managed to have Elise Perry just to bat uh, 10 balls, score 17 runs, and uh, they still played the way they did. So that team, I think, is the best team i ever seen play before. I never saw anything similar to that. So I knew they were going to be the ones to beat. Uh, I did think that England came strongly in the final. They had the best chance of winning would be them but uh yes i expect australia to win uh over there i was very happy and very surprised the way england came back after three defeats in the start uh they had pretty much a final every game after that and they played very well maybe because of that because every game was so decisive from the fourth game onwards uh, maybe that's why they arrived a little bit more fatigued in, in Australia as well, because Australia had a much easier flow to the final. Uh, but England, I was very surprised and very proud of them. I think they played great cricket uh, in this World Cup to show them that they are over there to fight. And I'm 100% sure that the Commonwealth Games, the next T20 World Cup, they're going to be fighting for for winner as well. And as a whole, the tournament as a whole, what would what would you say was your moment of the tournament? Oh, you know, it was really nice. Okay, so this tournament had eight mums playing, which I think is great. And there's this picture of um, Pakistan captain Bismar Maruf with her six-month-old kid, Fatima, having selfies with all of the Indian players. And if you think about India-Pakistan in cricket, that is like the big rivalry up there with England-Australia. And see something like that. And then uh, she's travelled around with her side, led her side from the front, um, with a kid in tow and then to have like moments like that, I think shows just how great the global game is that they've got their relationship across the game, but still that opportunity, obviously Pakistan brought in their maternity policy. Not, it's not that long ago, maybe last year when she got pregnant. So I think something like that, I think it was kind of my moment of this series. It was nice to see something like that. Otherwise, Sophie Eccleston getting her first international FIFA was pretty cool because She's at the top of the rankings and she's not had one yet. And then so she just casually took six. Once she came on to bowl, she took every wicket available in that game, which was cool. And is player of the tournament too easy to answer? Who are you going for? Well, I was thinking that the um, uh, Elisa Healy 
in the final and the semi-final getting I mean, centuries. It, yeah, I mean, you can't really look past it. I'm, yeah, I mean, I'd put um, Rachel Haynes up there as well because actually she was pretty damn good through the entire thing. Like I said, they put in a great foundation together, but I think you can't really look past Alyssa Healy. Also, I just think she's really great and it annoys me because I want to hate her because she's Australian and because she's so good. But she's just so good and she seems so cool. And then like, I, I just really like the idea that Mitchell Stark rocked up as well to support her. And I was like, you know what? He's the second best cricketer in their house. And they've just got a lot of World Cups between them. I just want to see them um, at like parents' sports day or something. You know? Can you imagine? It'd make a good sledge, though, if you were playing against... Um, well, you could pick either of them, really, couldn't you? Um uh, for when you were playing against Mitchell Stark, what you just yeah. said there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't think he would mind too much, probably then just bowl at your head. But yeah, um, they're just couple goals, those two. And there were just images of them like eating donuts just after the game, just to celebrate. Oh my God. A moment of the tournament. Can I, uh, I think for me, the biggest, not surprise, but the biggest what I was really looking forward every time in the tournament was South Africa bowling. I think they were so good. I love Ismail. I love Cap. I think every time they were going, I was watching closely. I couldn't wait for that to happen. Uh, I cannot say anything different from also uh, Sophia Colstone. I loved her to bits to, to see her bow. It's one of the things that you cannot take your eyes off. You, 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 you're always expecting something to happen. Uh, but the level of the fielding that we had in this World Cup just shows that women's cricket is going to more uh, more professional, more athletic, more fierce uh, level. And I think that is something that we were, uh, Australia has been doing that for some time, but you see that now the other, every other country is going uh, and following that those steps, maybe because of the development of the national leagues and uh, more professionalism into cricket, but you can see that happen. For me, one of the best moments that showed that this World Cup was on fire, that was going to be on fire to the end, was the first catch, the Andrews Dottings catch. Amazing, on point. For me, she's one of the best points in the world. Uh, and I think that was when it showed, okay, this is starting. This is World Cup time. Let's show what we have. Uh, for me, that and I'm never going to forget that catch. That was when she caught Lauren Winfield Hill, wasn't it, against England? Yes. Left-handed jumping, beautiful, beautiful. She, she's a star. We don't have as many boundaries as men's, so fielding makes a big difference. If you have a good fielding side, that's going to stop the fours, it's going to stop the twos, that's going to have some amazing catches, that's going to be the turning point of games. And uh, you can see that now. You can see that happening more and more. Uh, and the, the, those teams that are really having great fielding displays are the ones that are getting uh, the other teams for less runs and having more opportunities and going forward in in these big tournaments. So I I do believe that the next years, fielding is going to be a massive part of these national big sides. And uh, we're going to see great displays of it uh, very, very soon. And for New Zealand, it was great that there was a full crowd in the final. Yeah, I think... Sorry. I think that was really great. They managed to get it to that point because there were questions early on if it would all be behind closed doors or what was going to go on. So I think it was difficult for organisers to know what was going to happen. And then 
broadcasters trying to get from one semi-final to another semi-final. It was a storm. They couldn't, it was so windy. And so there was a lot, a lot to battle with, but it looked quite sold out in the end, the final. I'm not really sure what the numbers were. It wasn't quite a sold out Lords because that was quite, that was a very poignant moment for England in 2017. But it was nice. And also to see so many young fans out there, boys, girls, anyone, all just getting involved, game behind the game. So it's quite nice. Yeah, they've got some great venues out there. I've, I've been to Mount Monganui and Hamilton and both of those two grounds were used. Yeah, it looked pretty cool. I've not been, sadly, but I would like to. It looked pretty cool. New Zealand's meant to be a very cool place. Uh, what do you think the competition means for cricket and for women's sport? I think, I don't know, it just kind of just did what we were all hoping it would do. It just increased. It was annoying with the time difference, obviously, because people are trying to watch it through the night and that kind of thing, getting youngsters to watch it when it's on. God only knows all time in the night. is quite hard. But I think it didn't do anything bad for the women's game. There was so much to celebrate and so much to look at that was amazing that youngsters can look at it and be like, right, okay, I want to get involved in that. Or I know that person's coming over to play in this franchise or play in that one or do this, or I want to hit a shot like that, or I want to play like Alyssa Healy this week, you know? And so I think, yeah, I think it was a really good demonstration of the women's game and what it can be and the potential for the women's game going forward. And I like, like I said, the idea there's going to be 10 teams in the 2029 World Cup is no bad thing. What do you think the competition means for Cricket and women's cricket? Uh, I think I am a big believer that you cannot be what you cannot see. So when uh, these this kind of competitions happen and uh, women all over the world are able to watch it and follow it and see uh, what other women, and not only uh, experience, we see a lot of young girls. Uh, you, you see the very much, you see the girls, the very young age playing that level of cricket. You see the deans. Uh, playing that, you, you get inspired by them and you, you set up yourself to the next level. So every associate country, every girl that is watching over there wants to be like those women and those girls that are playing the World Cup. Um, so you see this big uh, value that women's cricket is getting and uh, how much they are inspiring the next generation and the girls that are currently playing now. So for me, it's a question of inspiring and leaving a legacy for the other ones. And showing that the uh, women's cricketer is here to stay, and uh, we want to be bigger, better, and uh, uh, the girls all over the world, women all over the world, cricketers all over the world, world want to see that too. So for me, it's a big step into the next generation and showing what we can do. And has it had a big impact in Brazil and other players in your team? Yes, we have. Um, usually, we have a. 15, 20 minutes warm-up before the proper warm-up when the game starts. And during this whole March, the conversation on this warm-up has been World Cup. So we are talking about what happened the game the night before. We are talking about the players from the night before. We are talking about our predictions. And uh, some girls can watch a lot of it. Some girls can watch the highlights. But everybody was talking about it. So suddenly, three, four years ago, these girls wouldn't know the names of uh, the English players, Australian players, the Indian players. Now everybody knows them. Everybody wants to do them. They make a shot. They say, oh, this is like Laura's uh, uh, shot. They make a catch. They are calling the catch from someone else. 
So they're, they're being inspired by this view. So uh, it's amazing to see how much it affects our day-to-day -day life because they are looking at this, this girl, they want to know how they can be like them. So yes, uh, we have been talking about women's cricket for a long time in our training sessions lately. And as you said earlier on the podcast, there's so much cricket this summer in England with uh, South Africa and India touring, the Commonwealth Games, and also the 100. Yeah, and not forgetting the Rachel Hayhoe Flint Trophy and the Charlotte oh, Edwards Cup. Cup yeah. And then obviously all the county stuff too. So, yeah, there is just so much Commonwealth, I think, will be really, really cool to see because it's at Edgbaston. There isn't a men's tournament, so it's only women's cricket. Um, so I think that's going to be a really good one. Obviously, there's some really top teams, like you've still got England, Australia in there. So, you know, it, yeah, it's going to be really good, I think. Well, lots to keep you busy and to keep you awake. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm off to Dubai for a fair break also in a few weeks' time. So that is another celebration of the global women's game. You've got, you know, fully-fledged member players and then you've got associate players all on teams together. So it's going to be a really cool event yeah. to see. Well, you'll be joined by Roberta there because I understand she's going yes. to Dubai. Yes, Roberta is playing. She's on the team sponsored by the Barmy Army standard. So, you know, we're quite excited to actually get to meet in person myself and Roberta. It'll be quite fun. And so, we've, yeah, it's going to be a really good um, event, I think. I've just been on a call with someone this morning. So, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be really good. And when's that being played? In Dubai, the 1st of May it starts. Well, enjoy the 1st of May and enjoy uh, Roberta. You, you will be together on this podcast, even though you're not on at the same yeah. time. And you will be out of Syria in person um, at the end of April or very early May. Thank you again for being on the paddock and the pavilion and for keeping awake and uh, keep busy. And thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Thanks for all your support always. Um, thank nice you. to be on. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Paddock and the Pavilion. You can download the show on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, SoundCloud, Stitcher and Spotify. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at The Pad and Pav. Don't forget, if you like the show, please do leave us a rating and review. Sports Social Podcast Network.